Welcome, I'm Paul Hunt. This is a special podcast produced for download by Energy News. In this episode, we focus on ASX-listed Triangle Energy, listed under the ticker TEG. Triangle holds the dominant land position in the Perth Basin, both onshore and offshore Western Australia. It already has a producing oil field called Cliff Head, just offshore the Midwest. But that's not all. The company has some pretty exciting plans for a future development onshore. It's also looking to renewables. I'm joined by Triangle Energy Managing Director, Rob Towner. Rob Towner, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. Nice to be here. Can we start by uh, getting a bit of history on the Cliffhead oil field and how Triangle came to be? Yep. The Cliffhead oil field was actually discovered in 2001. Um, first production was in 2006, so there was a five-year assessment period and, and build of the infrastructure of the platform offshore and onshore. That was done uh, at a cost of approximately $240 million US. We um, bought into the project in 2016, buying a 42.5% interest. And then more recently, we acquired the operatorship from Rock Oil and have been um, operating since 2007. What does current production look like? How much are you producing? The current production profile is 800 barrels a day. Yeah. What happens to this produced oil? Where, where do you send it? So there's there's two parts of the infrastructure at the moment. There's the offshore um, unmanned platform, which is where the gathering of the, all the wells is. And then we run a 12-kilometre platform onshore to the Arrowsmith Stabilisation Plant, which can treat 15,000 barrels equivalent of oil a day. So there's obviously a lot of capacity there. Mm-hmm. That's The stabilisation process is the the process of splitting the oil and the water and we re-inject the water back into the reservoir and the oil is, has been trucked and is trucked to Quinana, traditionally to the BP refinery. Where does Triangle currently sit um, compared to its peers on the ASX and, and even private companies in Australia? Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. In terms of producing ASX companies in this band of 800, 1200 barrels of oil, there's only really two of us, particularly in Western Australia. The jump towards the majors is quite considerable. So there's quite a gap for the investor to look at a producing company against an explorer because on the other side of that, there's there's probably still um, 100 and, there's 12, 110 explorers. Um, so th- there's quite a dysfunctional opportunity to invest in oil and gas for the ASX companies. Um, anything that's private is a, a, always a lot larger than what we would be, hence um, you'd go to listing to raise capital if you need it for exploring or development capital for production um, development. We talked briefly about Arrowhead and trucking oil uh, down to Quinana. There was a bit of a shock uh, when the owner and operator of WA's only <coughs> refinery, in fact, one of the only one of only four refineries um, in Australia, BP and Quinana announced it would shut um, its refining operations and turn into an oil import terminal. Uh, Triangle's actually come out of that uh, all right. You've successfully navigated uh, what was going to be quite a big problem. Um, Can you tell me where you are now? Yes, so, um, yes, it came as quite a shock despite there had been um, discussion for, you know, a few years of the potential for the refineries in Australia to close. Um, We, since um, being notified of that announcement, we have continued to produce and continued to deliver to Quinana. Um, 
and recently signed a storage and handling agreement with BP Quinana. Um, we're in the process of um, completing an offtake agreement, um, which will require us to use the storage facilities at Quinana and export the um, crude to Singapore. I asked that question because uh, there are quite a few opportunities at Cliff Head. Can you give us a bit of a rundown of um, your resources and reserves at the moment? Yeah. Once we have an offtake reinstated, um, we'll have approximately 1.2 million barrels of um, reserves to be produced. We completed the next part of our strategy last Christmas, New Year, which was to consolidate the other oil um, permits and licenses under one umbrella. Mm. And we've now gone from the production asset to having interest in over just under 10,000 square kilometres of oil and gas permits in the Perth Basin, which is it's quite considerable. Um, my job at hand now is to... Um, get um, drilling and, and seismic programs in the next three years completed so that we can have that opportunities triangle to also find new, new oil. So Cliff Heads itself has about 1.2 million yep. barrels. You do have a three-well program coming yep. up too, don't you? Can you talk me yep. through that? So again, part of um, the Cliff Head field when we bought it was to look at what other opportunities were within the field because mm. there's been no development at the Cliff Head field since 2006. Um so we've now identified three opportunities. Two of them can be drilled, or all three can be drilled from the Cliffhead Alpha platform. Um, West High and South East knows approximately a million barrels of each, and then we have the exploration target Mentel, which is just slightly further out to the northeast, which would be targeting five million barrels. So if we, the the, the chance of success is high on the two million dollar targets. Yeah. And to bring them online would take our production to 3,000 barrels, call it in 2024-25, and extend the life of the field till 2030. So 3,000 barrels a day yep. um, by those two permits. Uh, by those adding two those, two, those two wells into the existing yep. production profile. And Mentel, in terms of uh, that being an exploration uh, target, um, are you acquiring seismic? Do you need to acquire seismic or is it simply a matter of drilling? Yeah, given that it, that it already has had a discovery well once before, um, mm. at the moment we take the view, because we have three in the logistics of mobilisation and demobilisation, if we can um, work the program accordingly in, a, in the drilling program that we would prefer to drill it. So between those three prospects plus your existing reserves, you've got about 9 million barrels of oil. Is that right? That's about right, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, so how much will that drilling program cost? At the moment, again, it's variable depending on which ones we choose. If we choose the, the three of them, we're looking at um, approximately $40 million. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're just now starting that drilling program and digging deep into the logistics of how we do the three. So $40 million for all three wells. Yep. That's pretty cheap compared to many other offshore uh, wells, isn't it? I, I think it is. I mean, I think the interesting thing for Triangle is that we've secured these assets now. We have a, a dominant position in terms of percentage ownership. So we've got a lot of options as to how we might fund them, how we might partner them. Um, we, we're investigating that process as we are now, given that we've had some delays in our ability to progress those things whilst we sort out the BP offtake. So you're sorting out the offtake. You've got at least 9 million barrels of oil across uh, your targets at, at Cliff Head. Um, you also mentioned that you had uh, at least 10,000 square kilometres. Was that right? So of that's the total acreage, acreage yeah. position on the 481 offshore licence. Yeah. 
Um, the uh, we got forty five percent of the Xanadu beach license, we'll call it. Yeah. And then the 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 old Mount Horner oil field, which is just north of the Waitsea Gas Discovery and EP four three seven, which are both onshore and adjoining each other, just to the east of Arrowsmith. How much work has taken place in terms of um, shoring up your onshore acreage to date? In terms of work done, we've just we've um, not fully completed all the conditions precedent, um, yeah. but it's at the latter stage of those. Um, so, in the background, we're obviously starting planning on some seismic at Mount Horner, and meeting the the requirements under the licences once we have have the um, title exchanged. That permit that you share with uh, Pilot Energy uh, WA four eight one P. That's one of the largest permits offshore WA, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. if not in the top larger permits in in Australia. Um, it's it was actually the, when Cliffhead was discovered. It was the original exploration license. That whole license was yeah. was controlled by a group Voyager, Arc Energy, I think Mitsui. There was a few of them, and then the production license was carved out, and then it's gone into what generally has been smaller companies. Um, and at one point, Murphy Oil have drilled, but a lot further out to see that what we would we were looking to look at the opportunities closer around the facility at Cliffhead Alpha, the platform. Um, it's a big boys game. Mm. Um, however, again, as I revert back to, we took the opportunity in a depressed market to consolidate these licenses and have as large a position as we could. And as it turns out. With Pilot, we've um, entered a transaction with them who had 100% to acquire 78%, which would also match the 78% we have in the Cliffhead production field. And Pilot's got a few other transactions going on, but we'll be aligned on both licenses. We'll operate the oil, and Pilot are looking at the opportunity for a solar and wind um, development or a repurposing of the infrastructure that we have there. Um, So that's... Puts us still in a position of seventy eight percent. Pilot, are, you know, obviously happy with their twenty two odd percent. Um, but as you say, that the opportunity within that area has never, never really been developed. Well, I said it hasn't been developed, but it mm. opens it up to potentially larger balance sheets once we get the ability to do some more technical work, and that involves reprocessing old data at the moment. Yeah. WA481, that's essentially in the Midwest, um, yep. but it stretches, well, it, it, it is one of the largest permits in, in um, Western Australia, never mind Australia. Um, now, you're going to be sharing both the cliff head permits as well as, uh, as, well as this permit with uh, Pilot, um, so 78% uh, for you. Yep. Um, how did the relationship uh, with Pilot Energy, which is led by uh, one of the a very well-known name in the industry, Brad Lingo. Um, how did that relationship come come to be? The relationship with Brad's actually personal. Um, Brad worked with my family 25 years ago in Sydney um, in the petroleum industry back then. So that's the straight answer. Mm. Um, and it just turned out that Brad had an interest in, or had begun an interest in, in solar and wind farms offshore. The Cliffhead infrastructure is quite, unique in that mm. sense. So um, it was simply a phone call and a discussion and we've entered into an arrangement. There's lots of work to do, but I'm happy with Brad 
and his enthusiasm for it to, to, to proceed with that on the behalf on behalf of both of us. And I will run the oil side of things at the same time um, because, as I said, the, the thing with this offshore facility, the pipeline and Arrowsmith, it's about how we can repurpose it. There's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about decommissioning because of Noga. Um, there's no question spotlight's been put, of us, put on us for that. But I think that's – I obviously think it's very unfair um, because we have very valuable infrastructure that's in place should – the government legislate offshore um, solar and wind farms. Mm. And and they are. They're talking about it. They've issued a licence in Victoria. So that's particularly the beach access, that pipeline access over the beach um, in the Midwest coming on shore. It's, that's the, probably one of the most difficult things to get for any offshore licences. And so we're, we're not about saying we're not going to decommission or plan to. We're planning mm. for that purpose. But we really think there's a there's a real opportunity to you know you do the right thing and use that infrastructure um, to provide an alternate option of energy I'm talking to Rob Towner on energy news uh, he's the managing director of Triangle energy listed on the ASX as teg Rob um, Arrowsmith that's where you're sending your oil currently from cliffhead yep. but it's it's bigger than that. Obviously, there's a huge amount of capacity that isn't being utilised yet. Can you talk me through the future plan for Arrowsmith? Yeah, look, I think it's very interesting. In the Perth Basin, you know, the state government has licences granted to companies like Triangle and others to go and explore for hydrocarbons. Yeah. Um, we've seen the change more recently in the success of ASX-listed companies for gas, and they've got to turn around and build gas processing facilities. Mm. Um, there's been little to no exploration in the last... 10 years for oil, onshore or offshore, um, in the basin. We see Arrowsmith and the stabilisation plant probably no different to a refinery in that given the current um, high-level interest in the closure and funding of um, refineries in Australia, the Arrowsmith facility is one step before refining, and that's what uh, Cliffhead Crude has been separated through. So it's interesting that, you know, Aerosmith should not be dismantled or decommissioned. Mm. It should be actually supported now because I say this looking forward for 20 years and any further crude oil discoveries or development in the Perth Basin could logically be processed through Aerosmith. Whether Triangle owns it or not not, is not really the point. It's actually an infrastructure asset that's important for the industry. And why would you grant licences to explore and discover if mm. you have nowhere to take it. We already have no refinery capacity. And in the Perth Basin, should someone find or in the next um, two or three years and Arrowsmith's been decommissioned, yeah. where are you going to take the oil? Yeah. You can't export 10% oil and 90% water. Yeah. It doesn't, it's simple as that. So that's where we see this refining opportunity and the fact that the federal government is now re-supporting the larger refineries is there an option to use the North American refining, mini um, refining model in Western Australia, and particularly the Midwest, given that we are only 350 kilometres north of Perth? There is port facilities at Geraldton. But should there be a case for a mini modular refinery to be bolted onto Arrowsmith, we could provide, whilst it's not going to change the supply of diesel to the economy, it certainly could be used as renewables have been touted to be specific 
providers of oil to mine sites, diesel to mine sites, um, or if not, farmer groups. You know, yeah. there's a very big use of diesel in both farming and mining in the Midwest. It's currently being trucked from Quinana and will continue to be trucked from Quinana as an import terminal for processed fuels. So that's sort of where we're looking in the next 10 years in terms of the infrastructure we have. It's got a real case for being repurposed. You mentioned two points that I want to pick up on there. First off, uh, the North American uh, mini refining modular uh, plants. What what do they generally look like? Um, a mini version of what we've seen. I mean, it's yeah. pipes and, and storage tanks. Yeah. Um, they have become more and more efficient over time. Um, they've been used in the traditional onshore oil fields of America or North America where there's multiple wells that might, if you combine, you know, they might probably produce 50 to 100 wells, but if there's 100 of them, it's a gathering system and a point to gather to mm. to convert to diesel. But, you know, as I say, it's nothing to be – we're not looking at how will a renewable um, refinery work. Um, we're not looking at this new technology. Yeah, It's actually a continuation of something becoming as as good as it can be from how it used to be. As you say, um, Aerosmith could be an opportunity for – uh, other oil producers or future oil producers in the Perth Basin, the Midwest and Western Australia generally, to uh, to to take their oil for for that mid step of refining um, and potentially refining in the future. You mentioned that there hadn't been much oil exploration in the Perth Basin for you know over a decade. Why is that, and and why is now an important time for it to to start ramping up? Mm. Well, I think if we look back 2014, which is now almost eight years ago, mm. there's eight of your 10 years, mm. and we've seen very low oil prices. Um, yeah. the, the, the oil price drop in 14-15 destroyed the ability for mm. junior explorers to raise money. Um, so there's your eight, and you look at a couple of years before that, and that's when we started to see transactions in terms of transfer of ownership and larger companies selling smaller exploration assets. It was part of that cycle. Yeah. Um, we, as a result of that, went and bought production because we took the view, well, if it's going to be a downturn, let's buy production first, we'll manage that. But So that's the real answer. It was yeah. the ownership structures of the junior miners, particularly on the ASX and some in London, that could not raise capital. Mm. Um, and hence, you know, then you have the occurrence of COVID, which is called a year ago now. I mean, that's stopped more of it. Um that's all I can say it is. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's the environment. And it's been one of the most prolonged downturns in exploration in mm. Western Australia or particularly um, the North Perth Basin for oil in a long, long time. I mean, the, the, the um, onshore fields were discovered in the 60s. Yeah. Um, so you sort of look at that and then production declines, but no, no re-entry or, or infill um, or outward bound drilling to extend the field. This just hasn't happened. And I, that's where I see the opportunity and that's why we wanted to c- consolidate all of those lines because I've now got the ability to manage the, the expenditure, the programs, and also find partners for it. Mm. But that's consolidation. I'm not going to try and do it on my own. Um, and we've had that strategy from day one. We saw West Texas International fall into negative um, benchmark prices in April last year. Uh, Brent also took a dive. It seems like uh, 
benchmark oil prices have rebounded mm. um, for now, at least. So that must give you some confidence too. Oh, definitely. We, I mean, we're now seeing prices that we were seeing pre-COVID. Mm. That simply puts in in place that you know there's a view that there's equilibrium again. Um, there's always a, a, there's always going to be fright that we're going to be missing out or. Um, my God, everything's happened quicker and, mm. and faster than it, they expected. It's like any commodity. So I don't see any reason unless there's a massive outbreak of uh, COVID too mm. as to why it should fall out. I think we're seeing a hell of a lot of political tension at the moment, which is a normal driver for high spikes in the oil price. And of course, um, over history, that's always happened. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about energy security, not just mm. in this country. So, mm. you know, during COVID, the Chinese were net buyers of crude oil. Um, it begs this question, you know, and, and I think it's important that the governments of Australia look at the energy security um, position and actually incentivize um, people who control and have commitments under their license to go and do it. Well, that's a geopolitical look of things. I mean, um, you know, Australia uh, generally imports all of its um, oil uh, used. Refined oil. Yep. Refined oil. Um, Arrowsmith is another great opportunity for the government to shore up um, its own fuel security. Mm. I think it's, it's an opportunity. It won't, it won't supply the whole economy of Western no. Australia, <laughs> um, but it will certainly give comfort, as I said, to some industries. There are people out there, trucking companies, trucking companies that refer to the fact that the, the quality of diesel that they use in their, in their machines is of high importance because they can't afford breakdowns. It's a logistics business. Mm. So there's those sort of industries, particular in Western Australia, that you know we might find that we can provide that specification that they know they're going to get consistently. Whereas at the moment, importing oil from Asia, or sorry, refined oil uh, fuels from Asia, yes, there is quality control. Mm. No question about that. But it's more about the comfort for the for the purchase. If they can get a, a per, a, an option to purchase locally mm. for their business, they will. It's going to then come down to quantity. Well, if we haven't got enough oil production, we better go and find it. Because it's about having, in triangles, you having that infrastructure in place first, not later. Yeah. And that was the opportunity we took when it was there and it was for sale. It wasn't too complicated. It was for sale and we looked at it. And, um, yeah, that's that's the real opportunity ahead of us for Aerosmith. You've been involved in um, various projects over the years, but it, can you give us a bit of a background on, on yourself and yep. the board makeup of Triangle? Yeah, sure. I've um, spent most of my earlier years in the, in the corporate finance area and, or stockbroking as well. Um, on the corporate finance side, I've been involved in a number of um, energy projects, including renewables, but more predominantly coal seam gas projects on the east coast of Australia and um, Canada and Indonesia. Triangle also has an interest in state gas, uh, which is uh, a different entity to yourselves. Yep. Um, but it's about a $25 million interest in state gas, which is producing or will be producing from Reed's Dome. Is that yep. right? There's the Reed's Dome and Cattle Creek formations in um, in the Reed's Dome licence. Yeah. We've recently, at December, I think it was, um, we're granted a new, much larger licence to the south northeast, sorry, of um, Reed's Dome, which we started drilling yesterday yep. to test the coal formations in that licence. So we're doing production testing at the moment at Reed's Dome, and that's continuing. It's looking good. Um, we've got pipeline licences have been issued, 
and we're really just going through the process of those step-out wells to define the reserves and resources that we potentially have. Well, it sounds like you're a very diversified uh, business at the moment. You've got your cliffhead project. You've got the onshore uh, side of things, which is, from what I understand, more exploration at this point. Yeah. Uh, looking into uh, carbon sequestration and uh, and renewables, and you've also got an interest in uh, one of the, the most exciting uh, coal seam gas producers or producers to be in uh, Queensland. Um, where is Triangle at the moment financially? Um, we're at the moment, financially, the production's doing its thing. It comes in every day. Um, we'll be looking, I think what's changed now, since we have gone from pure production to having these other exploration and development opportunities, we've, we've got a bit of a mix. Mm. So we'll be looking over the next 12 months as to how we fund the various exploration um, projects we've got. Uh, the development ones at um, South East Nose, even I'm getting confused with all the different things. <laughs> um, so the development op- opportunities at South East Nose and um, West High uh, and Mantell. So we're looking at how we um, fund those. It could be a combination on the production of, of some debt, um, yep. which is not uncommon. And then we've got potential, obviously, to raise equity. Um, some often ask the question, would we sell out any of our position in state gas at the moment? Uh, no, yeah, we'd prefer to see that project developed fully, um, and that may not be far away either in terms of having some real value defined through some reserves and resources statements. So, what's next in terms of exploration um, onshore for yeah. Triangle? I mean, you've you've got uh, L seven as as well as um, a few other different licenses. Can you talk me through what that program looks like in the future? Yeah. So L7 on Mount Horner, we, we're mm. planning um, for a seismic program to begin in November, December, January when the um, harvest finishes in the Midwest, um, a 400-square-kilometre seismic survey with the view that we'll do some drilling in 2022. Yep. Um, on 437, there's a commitment um, to drill a well by May, June next year. Um, so that's that's really the commitments and what we're planning on right at the moment. So in terms of uh, seismic acquisition within L7 and Mount Horner, uh, how much is that going to cost? We're looking at about $1.2 million yeah. on that. And from there, you'd look to drill in 2022. Yeah. Um, how many wells are you looking at? Don't know yet. Don't know. Got to go and re- interpret the seismic. We don't have a well commitment so much on Mount Horner. It's a production licence. So yeah. We don't have that exploration commitment. Um and once we, you know, when we get a better understanding from the seismic as to what the opportunity is, we'll weigh up the options as what we do there. I mean, we own 100% of Mount Horner when it completes. And yeah. Yeah, look, it's, not, it's a general rule. You, you wouldn't generally go in for something at 100%. Mm. You know, there's, there's reason to de-risk it. Um, I think that's a great position to be in at the moment. There's a lot of interest coming back into the oil sector for exploration. And Mount Horn is a field that's produced. You know, it's mm. done about 1.2 million barrels, 1.3 million barrels. There's oil there. Yeah. Um, this is my point with why Triangle consolidated these licenses. It's taken a bit of time, but um, one thing that I've always been told, if you've found it once, you'll find it again, but mm. if you don't go and drill it, you're not going to find it. Yes. So easy thing to say, but no one's been doing it. But we've, we've demonstrated that we've been fairly successful in accumulating these licenses. We drilled a well in 2017 at Xanadu that we came into. Um, we haven't sat on our laurels. Yeah. Um, 
Drilling onshore versus offshore, I mean, we've got $40 million across three prospects uh, at Cliff Head. Um, drilling onshore is generally cheaper. How much roughly do you reckon it's going to cost oh, to drill? About a million dollars, depending on yeah. what we what sort of drilling we do. Um, yeah. There's yeah, there's a few different options, um, and it also very much comes down to what other or rigs in the region and what other programs are on. I'm, I'm aware of at least two potential wells being drilled in the next 18 months. Yeah. So we haven't started those discussions, but that's the general sort of look at it. Rob Towner, thank you for your time. Thanks, Paul. Rob Towner is the Managing Director of Triangle Energy, listed on the ASX as TEG. You can follow all of the latest developments about Triangle at triangleenergy.com.au or, of course, by subscribing to Energy News at energynewsbulletin.net. Energy News is Australasia's most in-depth and comprehensive publication covering the upstream and downstream energy industries. This podcast was produced by Aspermont Limited, News for Business. (laughs) 